Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, sometimes crazy side of tech available on the interwebs. I am your tech leader, Ray McNeil, coming to you from the studio this time around. I figure life is getting back to normal, well, I should get back to normal as well, get into the studio, maybe shave a little bit, Tried to lose a couple pounds, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, showcase the coolest technology that I can find on the interwebs and uh, serve it to you on a silver platter. So coming up on the program today, we're talking SpaceX. Yes, they had a successful shuttle launch recently, which was awesome, and shot two American NASA astronauts into space for the first time since 2011. But they also had a prototype explode on the launch pad as well. I'll cover that, plus a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge VR game is coming later this year, I would imagine, to the Oculus and Oculus Quest, at least to start with. And of course, we'll wrap up today's edition of the program with this week's moment of joy. All that and a whole lot more coming up on today's edition of your weekly tech update, next. While the next launch attempt for Crew Dragon was successful, and we now have two NASA astronauts that have been rocketed into space by a private company for the first time in history, well, there was still a couple of issues that we want to talk about down in Texas. SpaceX is busy working on its Starship project, and uh, recently the company appeared to successfully complete a static fire test on the SN4 prototype of its uh, next launch vehicle. But after that, well, it exploded on the test stand. Its uh, predecessors have met similar fates as well. We've showed that to you on the program, including the MK1 build as they uh, collapsed or exploded while SpaceX works out the kinks in its manufacturing and design process. And of course, finds how much stress that these starships can actually handle. There's no word on what may have caused the failure just yet, but as Chris Bergen of nasaspaceflight.com notes, well, they already have an SN5 built and ready to test. For now, you can check out video and sound captured from the explosion, and of course, check back uh, for the video of the successful launch that happened this weekend that put two NASA astronauts into space for the first time on a private-owned rocket. Absolutely amazing. All right, there's a lot of fake products out in the world and a lot of speculation circulating about 5G, specifically as it relates to the novel coronavirus for some reason. Now, to be very clear, there is no evidence that the rollout of 5G is at all connected to the origin or spread of COVID-19, but that hasn't actually stopped dozens of attacks on cell towers, the proliferation of cockamamie conspiracy theories, and of course, uh, well, hucksters peddling bogus anti-5G products to the scared masses. 
Now, the 5G BioShield USB key is the latest dumb device to make headlines. On its website, it's described as creating a wearable holographic nanolayer crystallizer that can be used for the, quote, balance and harmonization of the harmful effects of imbalanced electric radiation. Basically, the device creates a holographic bubble that somehow protects you from the scary 5G wave for a baffling varied range of 8 to 40 meters. It is, in fact, just a regular old 128 megabyte USB stick, one that you can find on Amazon right now yeah, for about 50 cents, and it has vaguely sci-fi words slapped onto it for marketing. Pentest Partners, a UK-based security firm, wrote a teardown blog of the device. As you'd expect, the stick's supposed quantum holographic catalyzer technology transmitter was, well, nothing more than just a sticker. No other electronic components were found. The most disturbing thing about the USB stick, besides the fact that it costs roughly $525 US, is that it's been recommended by the Glastonbury Town Council's 5G Advisory Committee, which has called for an inquiry into 5G tech. That's according to the BBC. You can find the recommendation and a link to this bogus device on page 30 of the committee's final report. The report is also full of spurious 5G claims, saying that birds may fall out of the sky dead when 5G is on, and that people could get nosebleeds or even commit suicide at higher rates. Snopes, by the way, has debunked the 5G bird deaths, while health fears over 5G radiation are also as you would expect, unfounded. Equally disturbing, the BBC found that the founders of BioShield distribution show that they were previously involved in another dubious business called Immortalis that hawked a dietary supplement that featured a, quote, proprietary procedure that leads to relativistic time dilation and biological quantum entanglement at the DNA level. I'm pretty sure Star Trek didn't even have that level of technology. Not yet, anyway. But the anti-5G USB stick isn't the only bogus product out there. On Amazon, well, you're going to find an assortment of 5G underpants. Entering 5G protection into Amazon's search bar will net you about 9,000 results, with products ranging from pills to stickers to phone cases, hats, and, of course, the classic crystal bracelets. Querying 5G Shield is going to get you roughly a thousand results, including a ridiculous maternity belly band that supposedly protects an unborn fetus from the dangers of 5G. Is it surprising that uh, Amazon hasn't cracked down on these products? Well, no, but it goes without saying that they probably should. So in light of the charlatans capitalizing on 5G-related coronavirus hoaxes, it bears repeating that 5G frequencies don't present a greater risk than other types of electromagnetic radiation. In fact, your older phones with the older uh, 4G and 3G technology 
are actually proven to be much more harmful to living organisms. These bogus anti-5G products are at best expensive placebos, and according to the New York Times, your skin is actually a pretty good barrier against higher frequency radio waves, including, yes, 5G. So no, 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 no one is catching COVID-19 from 5G cell towers. And those brainworms that you got, well, it's more likely that you probably picked them up from Twitter. It's almost time. I'm so excited. Sony is about to showcase PS5 games for the first time in a live stream coming up June 4th. Yeah, just a couple of days away at 4 p.m. Eastern time. It follows a recent report that Sony was set to pull back the curtain on some next generation titles next week. Now, the stream, which will run on Twitch and YouTube, will last just over an hour. Studios, both larger and smaller, those newer and those more established, all have been hard at work developing games that will showcase the potential of the hardware. So the company may delve into a wide range of games on Thursday. While some publishers have offered peeks at next-generation gameplay, including titles that'll hit PS5, Sony hasn't actually shown off any exclusive titles as of yet. It looks like that's about to change, however. Perhaps there'll finally be a tease of the PS5's appearance during the event, too. With less than seven months to go before the console starts shipping, Sony still hasn't revealed the PS5's physical design. For comparison, Microsoft actually unveiled the Xbox Series X as far back as December. However, Ryan noted that this is part of a series of PS5 events, and Sony has much more to share. So you might need to wait a bit longer to get your eyes on what the console itself actually looks like. Uber is trying everything it can right now to keep its business rolling. It's had a hard time through this lockdown too, and Uber is now letting passengers use its service on an hourly basis. That's right, the ride-hailing company announced recently a new feature called Hourly Booking that lets you schedule a trip for $50 an hour for up to seven hours at a time. Now, typically, people hail an Uber when they need to get from one place to another. But Uber says with Hourly Bookings, customers can do several errands or take an excursion. There are some caveats, however, like no rides to and from airports and no trips outside of a city service area. We're launching hourly to provide riders a more convenient way to get things done. That comes from the uh, Uber Director of Rider Operations. And to provide an additional earnings opportunity for drivers as we move forward in this new normal. Uber has seen its rides fall drastically since the novel coronavirus pandemic struck at the beginning of March. In a call with investors earlier this month, the company said by mid-April that ride volume was down by as much as 80%, as it should be if we're all stuck at home. To cope with this, Uber has been looking at new ways to turn a profit and save money. It's been focusing on its Uber Eats delivery service, which has actually gone up in popularity, got rid of its scooter and bike rental business, and has laid off thousands of employees. What's going to happen next? 
well, only time will tell. If you're a Madden fan, listen up. Electronic Arts and the National Football League have just come to an agreement to extend their current partnership for the Madden NFL series all the way to 2026. That means the Madden games, including the current Madden NFL 20, will remain the only simulation-style football games with photorealism, current players, and official team names sanctioned by the NFL. Now, along with the deal, both parties said that they would develop a closer relationship with the aim to make Madden more true to life. This partnership will also focus on design, visualization, and development innovations to grow and deepen the world of Madden NFL, impacting how it plays and feels and how players connect to the world of the NFL as it happens. That comes from Electronic Arts. EA didn't say what that would involve exactly, but as the NFL PA was also a party to the deal, it could make the games more player and fan friendly. We have a shared vision to expand the fan base of football through interactivity, and we're thrilled to continue our strong partnership with EA Sports to bring this to life in more ways than ever, said the NFL PA's executive director. Other than the game itself, the Madden series won't have any competition for years to come. The NFL recently revived a partnership with 2K, which produces other official sports titles for the NBA, WWE, and PGA Tour, and also produced the NFL 2K franchise from 99 to 2004. However, 2K doesn't have the right to produce simulation games. It can only develop arcade style and other types of games, a la NBA 2K Playgrounds 2. The old agreement was scheduled to expire in 2022, but both parties obviously decided to ink a new deal sooner rather than later. The renewal agreement went to a vote recently, but the parties had already agreed to the terms ahead of time. A spokesperson told Polygon. The deal includes a provision for a one-year extension, but financial and other terms were not disclosed. Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel. Yes, the troubled movie that uh, right out of the gate had uh, a bunch of people that weren't happy about it actually made enough money to where they want to try this again. And apparently Jim Carrey didn't do too bad in it either. Paramount Pictures and Sega Sammy confirmed recently that they have commenced development on a sequel to the live-action family comedy. The sequel would re-team the filmmakers with Jeff Fowler directing and Pat Casey and Josh Miller writing the script. The movie is still in development stage, so decisions have not been made yet regarding casting or a production start date. Neil H. Moritz, Toby Asher, and Tura Nakahara are producing the pick, while Hajim Satomi Haruka Satomi and Tim Miller are executive producing. Now, based on the popular video game franchise from Sega, the first film released in February of this year tells the story of the world's speediest hedgehog as he embraces his new home on Earth. Sonic, voiced by Ben Schwartz, and his new best friend Tom, played by James Marston, team up 
to defend the planet from the evil genius Dr. Robotnik, which of course was played by Jim Carrey as he plots world domination. Now, the family-friendly pick also starred Tika Sumpter. Uh, upon its release, Sonic the Hedgehog scored the number one opening weekend of all time for a movie based on a video game. That's saying a lot in this day and age. And of course, boasted the fourth best President's Day weekend debut. Sonic was among the slew of films released early on home entertainment after theaters were shuttered due to the COVID-19 crisis. Tesla has awarded its CEO, Elon Musk, with his first payday. The first out of 12 performance-based payouts and it's worth over a whopping $700 million. That's according to a document via TechCrunch filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Musk has earned 1.7 million Tesla shares worth at 775 million based on the company's stock price recently. As CNBC explains, Musk doesn't take a salary, but he owns 18.5% of the company. To be able to earn performance-based payouts, he'll need to reach certain milestones for each of the 12. He received the first one after Tesla's market capitalization stayed at 100 billion on a 30-day and 6-month trailing average. The automaker also had to hit a trailing fourth quarter revenue of $20 billion. Shareholders approved Tesla's compensation plan back in 2018. In its filing, the company wrote that the current compensation program reflects its startup origins and that it intends to evaluate them as circumstances require and as it needs to evolve. Tesla also explained, quote, we believe compensation incentives for executive officers should promote the success of our company and motivate them to pursue corporate objectives. We have put an emphasis on structuring compensation incentives so as to reward clear, easily measured performance goals that closely align their incentives with the long-term interests of our stockholders. At least one shareholder isn't happy, though, with the way Tesla rewards its executives. Richard Tornetto sued the company over its compensation plan, accusing the board of breaching its fiduciary duty by approving a package that unjustly enriches the company's chief executive. In September last year, a Delaware judge ruled that Tesla's board must defend Musk's multi-billion dollar compensation plan. Neuro, the autonomous robotics startup that we've talked about many times here on the program. It even raised more than a billion dollars from SoftBank, Vision Fund, Greylock, and other investors recently. It said that it will start testing prescription delivery in Houston through a partnership with CVS Pharmacy. Now, the pilot, which will use a fleet of the startup's autonomous Toyota Prius vehicles, and then will slowly transition to using its custom-built R2 delivery bots, is slated to begin in June. The partnership marks Neuro's expansion beyond groceries and into healthcare. Now, last month, the startup dipped its autonomous toe into the healthcare field through a program to deliver food and medical supplies at temporary field hospitals in California 
set up in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The pilot program centers on one CVS pharmacy in Bel Air, Texas, and will serve customers across three zip codes. Customers who place prescription orders via CVS's website or pharmacy app will be given the option to choose an autonomous delivery. These pharmacy customers will also be able to add other non-prescription items to their order. Once the autonomous vehicle arrives, customers will need to confirm their identity to unlock their delivery. Deliveries will be free of charge for CVS pharmacy customers, at least to start. The company's contactless delivery program, shuttling medical supplies and food is also continuing. Under that program, which began in late April, Neuro's R2 bots are used at two event centers in San Mateo, and the Sleep Train Arena in Sacramento that have both been turned into temporary healthcare facilities for COVID-19 patients. Neuro is delivering meals and equipment to more than 50 medical staff at both sites every week. Disney has had pretty good luck when it comes to turning its theme park attractions into movies. But what about a movie that's become a theme park attraction becoming a VR game? That's the pitch for Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, which was just announced by ILM X-Lab and Oculus Studios. As the name implies, it's a spin-off from the attraction at Disneyland and Disney World that's set around the Black Spire outpost. The announcement is fairly terse, but X-Lab head Vicky Dobbs Beck says that the title will be an action-packed adventure. Beck adds that the story will feature consequential choices that drive your experience forward. Disney Imagineer Scott Throwbridge says that the game will enable you to discover new stories, meet new characters, and explore new regions of the planet Batu, the location of Galaxy's Edge. There's no word on when it'll be available beyond later this year, but we do know that the title will be set between The Last Jedi and, you know, that other one that we don't talk about. Thank you for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think we need to feature on the program, you need to send me an email. Also, if you have any cute baby videos, doggy videos, animal videos that you want me to show on this week's Moment of Joy, send them to me as well, and I'll make sure and include them at the end of the program. DJ Ray McNeil at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out the podcast. Audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Audioburst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Stay safe and stay healthy, everyone. And now, here's your moment of joy.
your weekly tech update brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax.